So my brothers, this is it. Uh, I just had a profound thought. Uh, I, I get one of those every millennial or so. And uh, so welcome to Iron Supplements. This is your host, Kevin Trent, your spiritual sensei, your uh, fearless leader. As uh, one has called me in our Ironman group, uh, uh, the uh, Morpheus of the group. Uh, brothers, I'm, I'm glad to be here and it just occurred to me how powerful uh, this study that we are just embarking on is. We just began a study on Monday night on encountering the Spirit. And it occurred to me that this is the most important study we have ever done. This is it. Because if I'm talking about, if we are talking about, what it takes for men to be like iron, iron sharpening iron, to sharpen each other, to to help each other through this world, to be better, sharper Christians, then there is not one better tool that we could give one another. There's not one better ability or, or teaching better behaviors than to have somebody learn how to connect with the Spirit, to have a greater relationship with the Spirit. And so I am thrilled to be going through this study with you. I've been praying about it for so long, and this is it. This is the time we are going to do the most important study in the entire history of Ironman. That is not hyperbole. It is fact. The best thing that I could ever do for you, my brothers, is to help you connect with the Holy Spirit in a more powerful and personal way to allow the Spirit to work in you more powerfully, more effectively. And so I'm so excited about that. If you're not able to meet with us on Monday nights and you're listening to this podcast, uh, you will get a taste of what we talk about on Monday nights. I will give you the steps that we're going through as brothers living this life together to connect with the Spirit, to encounter the Holy Spirit. And then if you are doubly blessed to be able to be a part of our Monday night group that meets at 7 o'clock at Argyle Church of Christ every Monday in Jacksonville, Florida, then you will live this out with us. I mean, last Monday was such a powerful meeting. It was exceptional. It was amazing. And I think that the Spirit had joined us there. And there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement, and for good reason. Let's say, this is the most important study we have ever done. And so today, this is your iron supplement. This is for those who aren't able to be there at the meetings. And then for those who are able to be there at the meetings, this is just your weekly supplement uh, to go along with what we're talking about on Monday nights. And so we talked this first week about recognizing our need for the Spirit. And so that's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of Iron Supplements. So do you like to read? Are you a fan of great literature? If you know much about writing, you know that many authors like to set up their entire book in the opening line. Uh, For example, in A Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times It was the worst of times. Or for Herman Melville writing Moby Dick, one of the vastly 
long, epic novel begins simply, Call Me Ishmael. And then one of my favorites is C.S. Lewis in Voyage of the Dawn Treader, where he starts it out, There was a boy named Eustace Clarence Scrubs, and he almost deserved it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, these famous authors, in their opening line, give you a lens by which you are supposed to look through to see everything that follows. Everything that follows is to be looked through that lens. And, uh, man, when I think about great opening lines, there has never been a more impactful, a more insightful, a more powerful, a more true, a more perfect opening line to anything that's ever been written than this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Talk about a lens by which you're supposed to look at the rest of the story. I mean, every single person on this planet looks through that lens. Whether you believe in God or not, you look through that lens. What do you believe about the beginning? In the beginning, God, four words. And what you believe about those four words forms your entire worldview. I mean, do you believe that, that uh, everything in this universe came from nothing? Do you believe this incredibly ordered and perfect universe that's expanding and is infinite just came by coincidence? I mean, do you, do you, how do you form your life? How do you form decisions about your life? And, and what is the value of your life? All comes from what you believe about those Words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Whether you believe that or not forms the basis of everything that you believe and therefore everything that you decide to do. And so that's where God started his story. And I love where he goes with it. He, he, he follows that uh, in, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and was void. And darkness was over the depths, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Now that is the setup for what he is about to do. And we know from having read the story that what he is about to do is create the entire universe in six days. And the anticipation of that moment is perfectly captured in this unformed, empty dark universe, dark world, waiting with the Spirit hovering, anticipating God's Word to speak so that He can act. And that is the perfect analogy for our life. Like, without God, without the Spirit of God in our life, without God putting into our life the words that recreate it, our lives are formless, empty, and dark. It's chaotic. It's empty, and it's dark. And yet, there the Spirit is hovering, waiting. And what's He waiting for? He's waiting for God to speak the words of life into us. And God is eager to speak the words of life into us. 
As a matter of fact, he has already spoken to them, has spoken them to us. And so what the Spirit is really waiting for is for us to allow him to do the recreative work within us, to make us a new creation. The only thing withholding us from becoming a new creation is allowing the Spirit of God to work. And so we need the Spirit of God in our life. And we're going to talk about a few different characters in the Bible and how they needed the Spirit right after this. I believe God is ready to recreate our lives. And I believe our lives, just like the universe before creation, um, well, without God, they're empty and formless and dark. Uh, But God is ready to make us a new creation, just like he did with his apostles. I mean, you look at these guys, they're an interesting uh, character study. I mean, 12 men handpicked by Jesus to carry out his mission. And, wow, we see them do some amazing things. They had the Spirit of God with them, and they were able to do all kinds of miracles. Peter was able to walk on water. They healed the sick. They raised the, the dead. They made lame men walk. They, they cast out demons. They saw Jesus do even more amazing things. The power of the Spirit was with them. And yet, they were often just, you know, fearful. They lacked faith. They bumbled through. They made stupid statements. They, well, they were just weak at times. And yet there's, there's something that happens that turns these fearful bumblers into mighty proclaimers of God's word who are not fearful even of death anymore. And so what is it? What it was it that, that recreated them, that made them into to men who, who they were not before? I mean, even when they had Jesus with them, they were not these strong individuals. So what was their recreation, what turned them from being kind of chaotic into being focused and perfect? What was the Holy Spirit? At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So no longer did they just have the Spirit with them. They now had the Spirit of God in them. And then there's Paul. Paul, this guy who was so sure of himself, so self-righteous. He, he said that uh, according to the law, he was perfect, flawless. Like He was the Pharisee of Pharisees, uh, zealous in carrying out what he believed to be God's will. And so when he was on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that uh, he was blinded. But I say he was already blind. I think what Jesus did was he made his physical reality the same as his spiritual reality. He saw things his own way. And from that point on, he would see things Jesus' way, God's way. And he became filled with the Spirit. And he became a really 
new creation, totally opposite of what he was before, no longer persecuting, now gracious, no longer hateful, now filled with love. Greatest teacher of all time other than Jesus. Great, great apostle because of the power of the Spirit that lived in him, that recreated him. And so his life was no longer chaos, and he no longer sowed chaos into the world. He sowed order into the world, just as the Spirit intended. And so we see these great men, and we see what the Spirit did in them. But, you know, we even see the Spirit at work in the life of Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus, we say, was 100% man and 100% God. And yet, while he was here on earth, he relied on the power of the Spirit, just as we do. Uh, It says that after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of the Lord came down on him, and a voice from heaven spoke, This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. See, the Spirit preceded the voice. It's as if, and it is this way, the only power by which a spiritual God touches the physical realm is through the Spirit. And so without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to bring the miraculous spiritual energy into this physical realm. And so Jesus relied on that Spirit. The Spirit for example, led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And when Jesus was accused of using the devil to drive out demons, he reminded the people there that they needed to be careful because uh, if they did not recognize, if they blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, in other words, I drove this out not by my own power or not by Beelzebub, the devil. I drove out this demon by the Spirit of God. So if Jesus did all of his miracles through the power of the Spirit, we see that in his fleshly form, he had to rely upon the Spirit because the spiritual energy manifested in the physical world is always through the Spirit. That's the only vehicle God gives us to give us access to that energy, to that power, to that mind, to that connection with Him. So God is a completely spiritual God, and I kind of think of that like uh, a spiritual person needs a spiritual connection, right? A God that is completely spiritual has to have, and and He's perfect, He needs a spiritual connection. And so He's a spiritually It's a spirit-to-spirit connection with God the Father. And then we have Jesus, who was flesh. And we had a flesh-to-flesh kind of connection with Jesus. We were were able to talk to him man-to-man. The the people around him got to feel him, touch him, uh, to, to talk to him, to get to know him. And they dealt with him in this physical realm as a physical person. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. He was a man. Uh, He became flesh. He, He gave up all of that spiritual being to become flesh 
So we had a flesh-to-flesh connection. So we have God the Father in whom we, we're supposed to have a spirit-to-spirit connection. And so we need an intercessor because we're flesh. And so that flesh or physical-to-spiritual connection has to come through the Spirit. He is our intercessor. He is the one who in, interprets the groanings within us. And so we have this need for the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the only connection we have to God. And it is so sad. (laughs) I grew up, I feel so robbed. I grew up knowing about God and I knew about Jesus and His love. I knew about Jesus and His mercy. I knew about grace. I knew about the sacrifice. I I knew about how Jesus died for me, how He was buried, how He was raised again. And and I live my life believing in Jesus and knowing that that because of that I had this the this forgiveness I had this grace that God gave and that one day I'd be with Him in heaven and and I was supposed to have this connection with Him but I was taught that the Holy Spirit does not work the same way today as He did back then and so yes I have the Spirit in me and I I have this connection this the spiritual connection with God because of the Holy Spirit. But what am I missing? I'm missing the recreative power of God in my life. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that cast out demons. The same power that made the lame to walk. That same power, infinite power, lives in me and I need it but I don't think I need it at least that's not the way I've lived out my life I've always lived out my life as if I don't need anybody else not even God like I know my life is a mess but uh, I can figure this out I've got it like uh, yeah no matter how many times I failed with my sobriety uh, you know uh I can stop at any time. I can, I can give this up, or this time will be different. If I just do this, or if I just do that, if I just go through this program, if I just do these steps, and all those things are good. All those, those step programs are amazing. They, they're, they're part of the healing process. But what I learned was the only energy that could transform me was the Holy Spirit. And if I don't understand or recognize that I need the Spirit to do that in my life, that I cannot do it on my own, I deny that power uh, to work in my life. And that's exactly what happened. God stands ready. The Spirit is waiting in eager anticipation to transform us. He is ready for this world to explode with His power if we would just allow Him to recreate us. If we just needed Him like we needed our next breath. If we turned to Him like we turned to all of these other worldly things that we want for our comfort. And if we just needed God we just needed the Spirit alone, if we recognize that, then we come to a point where we are there. 
at that moment where we are void, we are empty, without form, we're dark, our life's dark, but the Spirit of God is ready to do a miracle in recreating us. And if we allow Him to, there is no end to the possibility of what God can do in our life. So, that's where we are. Recognizing the power of God at work in our life is the first step, that we need that in our life. And it's not just something we we will be nice to have or that that God could do. It's a it's a need like our next breath. And we need it more than we need that bottle. We need it more than we need that next sexual gratification. We need it more than we need to uh, feel secure in ourselves. We need it more than we need our uh, identity. We need it more than we need uh, our pride. We need it more than anything else in this life. So brothers, in recognition of my need for God, I wrote out this prayer and I handed this out to all of the brothers who were there Monday night. So I want to pray this for you for myself and for you. And it says, My Heavenly Father, I'm weary from trying to live out my life in the strength that I have. I have withheld from you the rightful place of Lord in my life and thus not allowed you to fully transform me into a new creation. My life has been deformed and empty because of my own pride and arrogance, trying to take control of my world. Darkness has enveloped me to the depths of my soul. Like the apostle, I've been fearful and scattered. Like Paul, I was unaware of my own blindness. But Father, I want to be like Jesus. I want to take on the humility that that makes myself nothing. To take on the nature of a servant. I, I desire to be led by your spirit into the wilderness of temptation. I recognize that I'll never be able to resist the devil's schemes without your word spoken into my life and carried out by the Spirit, uh, by the power of your Spirit. Just as Jesus drove out demons, I desire to allow the Spirit to work through me to cast out darkness from this world, starting from within my soul. Lord, help me to live by faith, not by sight and not by feelings. Remind me daily of the truth of your word. Jesus, recreate me from this formless being to ordered, from empty to fulfilled, from darkness to light. Fill me with your spirit as you did with the apostles at Pentecost. Peel back the scales of my spiritual eyes so that I, like Paul, may see what you would have me to see. I need you, Father, to change me into the likeness of Jesus by the power of your Spirit. And I pray this for myself, and I pray this 
for my brothers in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.